Preface and Introduction of Original Stories from Real Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Original Stories from Real Life by Mary Wollstonecraft. Preface. These conversations and tales are accommodated to the present state of society, which obliges the author to attempt to cure those faults by reason, which ought never to have taken root in the infant mind. Good habits imperceptibly fixed are far preferable to the precepts of reason. But as this task requires more judgment than generally falls to the lot of parents, substitutes must be sought for, and medicines given, when regimen would have answered the purpose much better. I believe those who examine their own minds will readily agree with me that reason with difficulty conquers settled habits, even when it is arrived at some degree of maturity. Why then do we suffer children to be bound with fetters, which their half-formed faculties cannot break? In writing the following work, I aim at perspicuity and simplicity of style, and try to avoid those unmeaning compliments which slip from the tongue, but have not the least connection with the affections that should warm the heart, and animate the conduct. By this false politeness, sincerity is sacrificed, and truth violated, and thus artificial manners are necessarily taught. For true politeness is a polish, not a varnish, and should rather be acquired by observation than admonition and we may remark by way of illustration that men do not attempt to polish precious stones till age and air have given them that degree of solidity which will enable them to bear the necessary friction without destroying the main substance the way to render instruction most useful cannot always be adopted knowledge should be gradually imparted and flow more from example than teaching example directly addresses the senses the first inlets to the heart and the improvement of those instruments of the understanding is the object education should have constantly in view, and over which we have most power. But to wish that parents would, themselves, mould the ductile passions is a chimerical wish, for the present generation have their own passions to combat with, and fastidious pleasures to pursue, neglecting those pointed out by nature. We must, therefore, pour premature knowledge into the succeeding one and teaching virtue explain the nature of vice, cruel necessity. The conversations are intended to assist the teacher as well as the pupil, and this will obviate an objection which some may start, that the sentiments are not quite on the level with the capacity of a child. Every child requires a different mode of treatment, but a writer can only choose one, and that must be modified by those who are actually engaged with young people in their studies. The tendency of the reasoning, obviously, tends to fix principles of truth and humanity on a solid and simple foundation, and to make religion an active, invigorating director of the affections, and not a mere attention to forms. Systems of theology may be complicated, but when the character of the Supreme Being is displayed, and he is recognized as the Universal Father, the author and center of good, a child may be led to comprehend that dignity and happiness must arise from imitating him. And this conviction should be twisted into and be the foundation of every inculcated duty.
at any rate the tales which were written to illustrate the moral may recall it when the mind has gained sufficient strength to discuss the argument from which it was deduced introduction mary and caroline though the children of wealthy parents were in their infancy left entirely to the management of servants or people equally ignorant their mother died suddenly and their father who found them very troublesome at home placed them under the tuition of a woman of tenderness and discernment a near relation who was induced to take on herself the important charge through motives of compassion they were shamefully ignorant considering that mary had been fourteen and caroline twelve years in the world if they had been merely ignorant the talk would not have appeared so arduous but they had caught every prejudice that the vulgar casually instill in order to eradicate these prejudices and substitute good habits instead of those they had carelessly contracted mrs mason never suffered them to be out of her sight they were allowed to ask questions on all occasions a method she would not have adopted had she educated them from the first according to the suggestions of her own reason to which experience had given its sanction they had tolerable capacities but mary had a turn for ridicule and caroline was vain of her person she was indeed very handsome and the inconsiderate encomiums that had in her presence been lavished on her beauty made her even at that early age affected end of introduction